May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Loxmo. Wow. So <laughs> that's what it's like to be Justin Bieber. Okay. <laughs> wow. I got the headset and everything. Wow. That was... <laughs> That was awesome. Hey, my name is Ryan Loxmo. I'm the small groups pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I'm really glad that y'all are with us today as we continue in our ghost stories series. Uh, and we're looking at the Holy Spirit. You know, in this series, we, we are getting to know the Holy Spirit. And we are learning that he is not this mystical force, this impersonal ghost-like figure, but he is a person uh, who knows us and loves us deeply. And uh, two weeks ago, when we kicked off the series, uh, Pastor Adam uh, led us through the Old Testament, and he he showed us that the Holy Spirit was there in the very beginning of creation, and that he created all of us. And we looked at all of these amazing accounts of people throughout history uh, that the Holy Spirit worked through powerfully, uh, and it was really amazing. And and today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, Jesus and his ministry, and what we're going to find is that even Jesus relied holy on the Holy Spirit in his ministry. I mean, he relied on him, and it's unbelievable. So I'm really excited that you're here. Have you ever had one of those experiences where you just feel, like, invisible? You're, you're in a room with people, and you're like, does anybody even know that I'm here right now? I had one of those experiences in my life that I'll never forget. Uh, when Ashley and I were planning our wedding, Years back, uh, there was, you know, tons of details to take care of and all kinds of stuff going on. And frankly, a lot of those details I really didn't care at all about. Like, okay, the flowers at our wedding, like, I mean, they look great, but I did not care at all. The, the envelopes that the invitations went out in, they look great, but did I care? No, I did not care at all. Now, I will say the food at the reception cared a lot about that. I cared a ton. Fajitas, it was amazing. Uh, but, but one other thing that I cared about uh, quite a bit was the photography because I was interested in it and we were going to spend like a huge chunk of our wedding budget on photography. And so uh, I wanted to, you know, take an interest. And so I remember uh, Ashley and I and her mom, my mother-in-law, the three of us went uh, one day to the uh, photographer's offices. I remember the, the offices were down by SMU in Dallas and we went into their office and we sat down. It was a super nice office and the photographer was sitting across from us and I was sitting here, and Ashley was sitting in the middle, kind of right across from the photographer, and then her mom was sitting on the other side. So the three of us were sitting uh, across from this photographer, and we started talking about, you know, their pricing and the packages we could order and, like, their philosophy of wedding photography and all that kind of stuff. And I noticed really quickly something weird was going on. And that weird thing was that the photographer never looked at me. <laughs> ever. Like, I mean, so much so that I'm sitting on the side and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to lean over here and just see if she, like, at some point makes eye contact with me. And she didn't. And, and more than that, like, she kept referring to the groom like I wasn't there. Like, in the, in the third person, like, oh, you know, lots of grooms like this and maybe your groom. And I'm like, I'm the groom. Like, I'm sitting right here. I'm, I'm here. You can ask me. Uh, and at one point, I remember asking a question, not because I even really cared about the answer. I just wanted to see if she would look at me. So I was like, hey, you know, when are we going to get our DVD with the copies of the pictures? Like, how long after the wedding? And she looked at me, and I was like, all right, here's some progress. And then she looked right back at Ashley and answered. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it is like I am not even here. Uh, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, I think a couple things were going on. 
I think for her, she wasn't used to having rooms there. I think she was a lot more used to dealing with brides and mothers of the bride. And so I think it was not that she was trying to be rude. I think she just, it was a matter of habit. She was just used to talking to, to brides and mothers of the bride. Um, you know, and, and, and I think she just didn't really know what to do with me. And so she wasn't trying to be rude. She just it ended up ignoring me. And uh, I, I think we all do that to some degree in our relationship um, with the Holy Spirit. You know, just like uh, uh, the photographer was not really used to dealing with grooms, but more, you know, okay, brides and mothers of the bride. We don't really know what to do with the Holy Spirit a lot. You know, we, okay, God the Father, I get that concept. Jesus Christ, okay, he was a human, the Son, I get that. Holy Spirit, like, whoa, I don't really know what's going on there. And so, what we do is we end up ignoring the Holy Spirit. And look, he's sitting there leaning over, hoping, hoping that we will notice him. Um, but often we don't. And we just kind of ignore him. And it's not that we're willfully doing that or trying to do that or that we want to do that. Um, but it just ends up that way. We, you know, we don't talk to him. We don't think about him. We don't cultivate a relationship with him. And I wonder what the Holy Spirit feels about that. You know, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit has feelings. I wonder how he feels about how much we ignore him, even if we don't do it on purpose. Here's what we risk if we neglect the Holy Spirit, if we ignore him. We ignore one-third of God's role in our lives. And we ignore the part of him that knows us intimately, that guides us, and, and honestly, we'll fail to hear God's direction in our lives. You know, as we parent our kids and seek wisdom, as we uh, seek guidance from God on major decisions in our lives, as we seek help in our marriages, when, when we ask, God, why can I not overcome that sin in my life? And, and when we ask, you know, God, why can I not understand the Bible? Like, I try to read this thing all the time. I can never get anything out of it. When we ask those things and we don't hear answers, it's often because we have not cultivated that relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we're not hearing him. We're not following him. We're not knowing him. So as I said this morning, we are going to look at Jesus and his ministry, his life, and we're going to see that even he relied on the Holy Spirit for everything that he did. And in doing that, he set an example for all of us and what our lives should look like. So how can I follow the Holy Spirit like Jesus and get to know him? Go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Let's jump in and find out. The first thing is, I will follow the Holy Spirit's leading because he is preparing me for ministry. He's preparing me for ministry. Now look, right off the bat, I want to define ministry for you, okay? What I am not talking about is, you know, just stuff you do up here at church and, you know, the stuff like pastors do and all missionaries, that kind of stuff. If you are a Christ follower, your life is ministry, your life is ministry in every aspect. And so the Holy Spirit is preparing you for ministry, uh, whatever that looks like, okay? So let's look at Jesus and how the Holy Spirit prepared him for his ministry. And we're gonna learn a lot here. So look at um, uh, Luke three twenty-one to 22. It's there in your notes. And, and I should say, Jesus was about 30 years old uh, when, when we read this passage. That's about how old he was. He was just kicking off his ministry. He was about to be baptized. And we're going to see a couple little passages here. And I want you to notice how the Holy Spirit is everywhere in this. Okay? Luke three twenty one to 22. It says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. 
And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. I want you to underline that. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Okay, so look, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, who shows up? The Holy Spirit, right there. He's right there at that important moment in his life, in his ministry. And look, if you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit was with you the second you became a Christ follower. And when you were baptized, he was there at those important moments with you too. Let's keep going. Let's see what else happens at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Luke 4, 1 to 2, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Underline that. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, that's where he was baptized, and was led by the Spirit in the desert. Underline that. He was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was being tempted by the devil. Okay, so Jesus, he's starting his ministry. He's baptized, the Holy Spirit shows up. Then guess what? He leaves his baptism full of the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit leads him into the desert. And what's he doing in the desert? He's preparing for his ministry, and he's, he's, he's uh, praying, and he's fasting, and, and, and he's out there. And it, let me just say this. Do you think that was a fun period in Jesus' life out in the desert? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, okay? He was fasting. He was hungry. He was tired. He was, uh, it was hot out there. The devil is literally taunting him, okay? And the Holy Spirit led him out there on purpose to go through that. Why would he do that? Well, it's because the Holy Spirit knew what Jesus was going to have to face in his life. He was preparing him for his ministry. He knew the exhaustion, emotional exhaustion that he would face. He knew the physical fatigue that Jesus would face during his ministry. He knew that there would be times where he would be hungry. He knew the constant spiritual opposition that Jesus would face in his ministry. The Holy Spirit knew Jesus, he knew his ministry, he knew what he was going to have to go through, and he led him out in the desert on purpose to prepare him for that. So what does that mean for us? We've got to ask ourselves a question, this is your fill-in, is the Holy Spirit preparing me for something? Is the Holy Spirit preparing me for something? And you've got to look at your life, I mean, that struggle that you're going through with your family, like could the Holy Spirit be preparing you for something through that? That challenge that you're facing at work, might the Holy Spirit be preparing you for something there? Uh, your constant effort to get on the same page with your spouse about just all the stuff of your life, could the Holy Spirit be preparing for, uh, you for something through that? That challenge that you're uh, facing with your kids in an ongoing way, could the Holy Spirit be, be uh, preparing you for something? And by the way, preparing your kids for something through that process. You know, that financial reality that you are being forced to deal with. Could the Holy Spirit be preparing you for something through that? Look, whatever it is, might the Holy Spirit be leading you through something to prepare you for whatever your ministry looks like, just like he led Jesus out into the desert to prepare him for his ministry? And look, let me reiterate, your ministry isn't just serving up here at the church, okay? It's the ministry of raising your kids. It's the ministry of leading your family. It's the ministry of making a spiritual impact in your community. It's the ministry of serving your spouse. These are all ministry. What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life to prepare you for whatever your ministry is? There's a second thing that we can do to follow the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. 
I will rely on the Holy Spirit because he has empowered me for ministry. I will rely on the Holy Spirit because he has empowered me for ministry. Okay, look, again, whatever that ministry looks like in your life, God, not, the Holy Spirit not only prepared you like to prepare Jesus, he has empowered you to be able to do it. Okay, you're not supposed to rely on your own strength. It was never designed that way for you to rely on your own strength. And, and so let's pick up with Jesus's ministry after his preparation and see what happens. We're gonna see that the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do what he did. All right, after his preparation in the desert, Jesus kicked off his ministry in Nazareth, which by the way was his hometown. Okay, and in the Bible we have this incredible account of Jesus going from Jesus of Nazareth, local carpenter, to Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. We get to see that transition happen. Um, so look at uh, Luke 4 with me. Um, this is a, a longer passage. We're going to break up a little bit, but let's start out. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Underline that. In the power of the Spirit. So let's pause right there. Was Jesus' ministry going to be in his own strength? No, absolutely not. He was carried out of his temptation and preparation into his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me paint a picture for you about what happens next. This is just this amazing scene. Um, so Jesus, he returns to his hometown, okay, Nazareth. He, he, he rolls into town. And let me just say this. Nazareth was not like a metropolis back then, okay? Everybody knew him. They'd grown up with him. He was not a stranger. He comes into his hometown, and he goes into the synagogue. Now, the synagogue was just a local Jewish community center uh, where they would have uh, religious ceremonies and services, and often it involved reading scripture publicly. And so uh, Jesus goes into this uh, synagogue that he'd probably been to many times growing up, knew everybody in there, and he volunteers. He says, yeah, I'm going to read scripture today. I'm going to do that. And he volunteers to read something from Isaiah, which is a book in the Old Testament. It's a prophecy that was written 700 years before Jesus was born. And he says, I'm going to read that. I'm going to read Isaiah. So let's pick up the passage and we'll see what happens next. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Underline that. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me. Underline that. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Gosh, can you imagine that? I mean, what must that have been like? Jesus reads this 700-year-old prophecy about the Messiah and basically says, yeah, Isaiah, he was talking about me. I'm here. <laughs> but here's what I want you to notice about that scene. The Holy Spirit is all over it. Okay, he returns to his hometown in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the first words in Jesus' ministry were, 
the spirit of the Lord is on me. That's the first thing he chose to say. He didn't say, hey, look at me, I'm God's son. I can do miracles, by the way, and like start flying around the synagogue, okay? Like shooting laser beams out of his eyes. He didn't do anything like that, okay? He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because you know what? The spirit had empowered him to do his ministry and anointed him. And, and that just means set apart. Jesus had been set apart to bring good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, proclaim the Lord's favor, all that stuff we read in the passage. Jesus was set apart to bring the gospel, bring the good news. So let's just take a second right now and talk about what that good news is. What is the good news that the Holy Spirit carved out for Jesus to bring? Well, the good news is that God created everything in existence that you can think of. Uh, He he created uh, you, he created me, he created a little frog hopping around in the Amazon rainforest, and he created the Andromeda galaxy. I mean, he literally created everything. And he created us with the explicit purpose of having a relationship with us because he loves us. And we had this perfect relationship with him, but then sin came into the world because of the disobedience of humanity, and that put distance between us and God. But God was not going to let it stay that way. He was not okay with that. So he took drastic action to bring us back together. And what he did was to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to pay the penalty for any sin that you have ever committed or will commit or any sin I've ever committed or will commit. And look, Jesus was his son, okay? I have one son and I love him more than I can describe. God loved Jesus way more than that. And it was, he was willing to send him into the world to pay the penalty for all of our sins so that we could be with God in a relationship here on earth and then spend eternity with him in heaven one day. That is the gospel. And if you're not a Christ follower, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back. If you want to become a Christ follower, that, that's a sample prayer you can pray. It's not like a magical prayer Uh, you know, where those specific words, if you've never prayed a prayer like that one before, pray that prayer today. I mean, God has literally extended a gift to you. You can't earn it. You can't contribute to it in any way. It is free. You can have a relationship with God and be saved. You just have to ask him uh, to save you and to come into your life. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time at the end of the message uh, to go ahead and pray that prayer if you haven't done so already. But look, as the passage said that we looked at, the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus for that ministry. He set him apart for that ministry. So you have to ask yourself, this is your fill-in, what has the Spirit set me apart to do? What has the Spirit set me apart to do? Has the Spirit set you apart to be a shining light in your neighborhood and share Christ with your neighbors? Has the Spirit set you apart to lead your family spiritually in such a way that, that your kids become Christ followers and their kids, and there's just this ripple throughout your whole family tree? Is that what you've been set apart for? Have you been set apart to become a financial blessing to other people? Uh, have you been set apart to adopt a child that does not have parents? Uh, have you been set apart to pay for a, a mission trip for one of our students in our youth ministry? Uh, have you been set apart maybe to leave your job and plan a church? or go into the mission field. What is it that you are set apart to do? And you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you that. But another thing you can do is ask some other Christ followers in your life what they see in you. Because sometimes when, you know, it's hard to think about ourselves and 
you know, objectively look at our gifts and, and that kind of thing. So it's a great idea to talk to some other people in your life. So uh, family members that are Christ followers, close friends of yours, the people in your small group, that'd be a great group of people to talk to and, and just ask. You know, I'm seeking to figure out what the Holy Spirit might have set me apart for and just see what they say. And they might talk about your gifting and the kinds of things uh, um, that the Holy Spirit might want to do through you. But look, like Jesus, the Holy Spirit has prepared you for some type of ministry and set you apart for it and has empowered you to do it. It's not in your own strength. The Holy Spirit has empowered you to do it. But there's another thing we can do to follow the Spirit. This is your filling. I will obey when the Holy Spirit teaches me what I need to change in my life. I'll obey when the Holy Spirit teaches me what I need to change in my life. Look, up to this point in the message, we've been looking at Jesus and the way he followed the Holy Spirit and, and, and how that set an example for us. Uh, but with this point, we are going to actually hear Jesus himself explicitly say what the Holy Spirit's job is. I mean, he, he said it. Okay, so here's what happened. At the end of Jesus' ministry, right before he's going to be arrested and tried and crucified, uh, he had a kind of final conversation with his disciples, and he said this about the Holy Spirit in that uh, conversation. In John 14, 26, he said, but the counselor, underline counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, underline that, teach you all things, and will, and underline the rest of this, remind you of everything I have said to you. Okay, that's Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, counselor, what is that? Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the counselor. Well, John, who, uh, who wrote this, the Gospel of John, he was writing in Greek, because that was the language of the day. The Greek word that we translate as counselor is this really amazing word, and it, it means someone who comforts, and someone who encourages, and defends and helps. That's what the counselor is. That's the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus. Someone who comforts, encourages, defends, helps. But also, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is our teacher in that passage. He teaches us all things. And so, when we read our Bibles, the Holy Spirit helps us remember what we read. That's what the passage says. It will bring uh, to our remembrance everything uh, that we read, uh, that Christ said. So, when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit literally reads it with you, helps you understand it, and then reminds you of what you've read. That's why it's so key to read your Bible every single day. That's why we talk about it all the time here, because the Holy Spirit is actively involved in reading it with you, uh, unlike any other book that you could choose to read. That's why it is so key. So he's our, he's our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, and he's our teacher. Um, now, in a couple of weeks, we're going to fully explore what our daily relationship looks like with the Holy Spirit, okay? Daily. But for right now, I just want uh, to scratch the surface of that and just say, that's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, that he's our counselor, our encourager, and that he teaches us in our life. He teaches us the truth. And that's why we've got to follow his leading. I mean, when we're trying to decide between two options in our life, the Holy Spirit's the one who's going to show us. When we're wondering if you know, we should get off of this path we've been on and, and switch and do something completely different. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one that's going to teach us that. He's going to convict us when we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. And he's going to show us what we need to change in our life. And by the way, when he does, he walks with us every step when we make that change. 
That is what Jesus wanted us to know about the Holy Spirit. And it's why we should follow the Spirit's leading just like Jesus did. You know, the Holy Spirit, uh, he teaches us how to live. And he helps us to see the world through God's eyes. Um, He prepares us for ministry, whatever that looks like in our lives. He prepares us for it, he sets us apart for it, and he empowers us to do it. You know, God doesn't want us to treat the Holy Spirit like a third wheel, okay? Like I was in that photography meeting, okay? That's not what he wants. He wants us to know him and talk to the Holy Spirit like he's in the room because you know what? He is. He is in the room. Christ relied on the Holy Spirit in his life. And if he relied on the Holy Spirit when he himself was God, how much more should we rely on him? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And I want you to check a next step or steps uh, that you're willing to take based on the message today. And I want you to check it on the card, uh, but also on the notes, because in a second you're going to turn this card in, but you'll take the notes home with you, and that way you'll remember uh, what you committed to. How about this first one? I will follow the Spirit's leading and trust that he is preparing me for ministry. That's where it starts. to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. How about this next one? I will rely on the Holy Spirit in my ministry rather than on my own strength. If you've been relying on yourself, that's the one for you. Rely on the Holy Spirit. How about this third one? Ask the Holy Spirit and some other Christ followers if I am set apart for something specific. Would you do that? How about this next one? Read my Bible every day this week and ask the Holy Spirit to remind me about what I read. Give it a week. Give it one week. I promise the Holy Spirit will show up. One week. Seven days. How about this next one? I commit today to be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit teaches me because he's going to teach you. Will you be obedient? Commit to that now. How about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. If that's you, if you... uh, heard the gospel today and you want to become a Christ follower and you want to pray that prayer, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a second. Uh, But we want you to check that box because we're going to send you some free stuff in the mail to help you in your new life following Christ. Also, there's some packets on tables just inside this room before you head out. They're called new believer packets. If you're going to pray that prayer, pick up one of those packets on your way out. It's got some great resources in there for you as you uh, start your new life following Christ. But here's what I want everyone to do right now. I want everybody in this room to bow your heads right now. Okay, I want you to look at your connection card at the steps that you have chosen to take. And I'm going to give you a few moments to do business with God. And I want you to ask God to help you to follow through on these steps and just to show you what he wants to show you. And if you want to become a Christ follower today, now's your chance. We're going to give you some time to pray that prayer at the bottom of the notes. So take a few minutes right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in this room. 
and that whether we acknowledge you or not, you are real and you are in our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to cultivate a relationship with you, God, and that it would just change us. Lord, show us what we need to do to hear your voice more and to rely on you more as you prepare us for the ministries that you have set us apart to do. Thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. I pray you'd bring us all back safe next week. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.